Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Talking Cop on this Monday night. It's absolutely freezing where I am. No matter how many, and my house is usually warm, but I'm boosting the heat in here, and the the, the cold is, is beating me. It's absolutely beating me. Uh, Phil, you look really cold as well, because um, you live near the mountains, so it's probably really cold. How are you? I haven't seen you since Christmas. It looks I'm like great. someone's I- battered you in the face with something, but other than that, you look grand. <laughs> Now, um, I'm a bit run down, to be honest with you, so uh, I'm not well, so I've, I've broken out in spots. That's the all the sun you got over the, over the Christmas. I know, well, no, I wasn't, it was it was the new year when, when I was, all, when I was, I was off in Spain. Okay. Yeah. Right. So off in Spain in the new year doing the Spain thing, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah. so that's, it's great, it's nice to be home, so it's all good. Um, it's great to be back on. Great to see all the lads. Great to see. I hope everyone's in the chat tonight. But look, we Liverpool are on a break, so I'm, I'm sure loads of lads in the chat are on a break as well. So yeah, I know there'll be loads of them in now in a minute. They're probably just watching the end of something. Uh, that's usually the way it runs. Um, anyway, tonight we are, football on tonight. No, I don't think so. There's probably the Afcon or something. Uh, but tonight, me and you are going to talk about Everton and Forest. <laughs> um, more sanctions. It looks like on the way for Everton. New sanctions for Forest. People are losing their shit going, oh, what's going on with City? People need to realise City is a completely different thing. Stop worrying about it. It's in the process and it's going to take a lot longer than what's going on here. Um, we're going to talk about things that shouldn't happen in football stadiums. Um, and That's my topic. I'll get to that later. Um, just little things that annoy me when I watch football and I go, Dad, you should just stop that. Um, and you want to talk about football greats versus greats of the sporting world. Do the football and greats stand up against these greats, i.e., I'm presuming you mean Tiger Woods, Ronnie O'Sullivan, along them lines. Is that where you're going? It's it's just the general, can a footballer ever be regarded as the greatest sports person of all time ever, right? So that's that's what I want. I want to have this discussion because I think it's really interesting. I think you can make an argument for and against Mm. Yeah. I think it's a great one. Yeah. Uh, the, our 2024 fundraiser is in the description. It is for fans of and field banks in Liverpool and it is for the Lighthouse in Dublin. Both of those organisations working really, really hard all year round to help people that find it difficult to make ends meet. Link is in the description if you want to donate. If you want to contact us with regards to Golf Day, 
whether that's playing, sponsoring it, uh, donating prizes towards the raffle on the day, you can do so at talkingcop1 at gmail.com. If you can donate, it'd be absolutely excellent. But as we say, if you can't, please, please share it. We're over a thousand euro already towards our 10,000 target, but we need people to donate and share. We really, really need it. Uh, Antoine goes, says, Hooligan Telly, Toby. I'm presuming that's a you. Someone says, you're wearing a Man City colours. No, I just happen to be wearing a kind of Dublin colours, if you see me arm there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gal- they don't get, top. They, they wouldn't get that. Yeah, it's a Dublin colours. Uh, but I'm not even a Dublin fan. <laughs> but it's just, I, you, you can't just buy clothes and go, oh, that looks like I'm always a part of Dublin. It's just a nice top. Uh, golf yeah. top, but, uh, yeah, who can tell you? I'm right behind, um, absolutely right behind it. Um, um let- just, just, on, I'll be having the begging bowl out as well soon, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm doing five for five, right? right. Not tickets now, right. I'm doing five events and I want to raise five grand. I haven't decided oh. what the charity is, right? So, when does the event five. start? Um, I'm on my first trainer block, so I'm, I've got a just under. Eight weeks to the first race and okay. under twelve weeks to the second race. Yeah. Then I'm doing an Enduring cycle in June and then I've got two races in September and October. So right. I wanted to be sure I'd be able to get through them all before I committed to doing anything. But yeah, I'm gonna do I'm gonna be doing five for five, right? Cool. So it's 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 a modest amount, but I just thought it'd be a nice catchy title. Yeah. And there's a six if we get to five and we're close to six, then I've got a six to throw in there just as a, a Brucey bonus to get to six for six. <laughs> Right, okay. So you've put a lot of thought into this five for five and if it make if I do six I'll just call it six for six. You like you know, it, yeah. Proper Dougal moment there, I like it. Uh, right. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Um, Everton, of course, have been deducted 10 points earlier on in the season for um, financial fair play, basically. Um, profit and sustainability, I think is what they call it. Um, Everton, of course, at the time owned up and went, yeah, look, um, they, they seem all they, they seemed all right with it. They got the ten points. Now they're fucking outraged by it. And now, um, after reports over the weekend that this will come out today, it has. It's come out today that uh, the Premier League have put Everton and Nottingham Forest forward to an independent uh, independent panel um, over profit and sustainability regulations. Um, this looks a bit more serious than the Everton one originally when they got ten points. Uh, Forest, you know. Probably easy to turn around and go, yeah, listen, there has to be something on there. They were signing about 35 players in one window. But, Phil, I suppose the over, the overall thing about this is is that the what about that goes on here is blows my mind. <coughs> and I'm not even getting into Man City because let me put it to you right now, and we don't have to go near them. Man City is 115 charges. That is currently in the process. Okay, that will be heard in the autumn of this year because of the size of the case that's there. Both sides will need X amount of time. That'll be heard, and then the the ruling will come out at the end of next season, right? Which for me makes loads of sense because if they get relegated to League Two at that time, at the end of the season, the league, i.e., the Premier League and the EFL are able to turn around and go right. Grant anyone that lost a league co- or a playoff final is now being promoted. And everyone mm-hmm. moves up a rung and they go down a rung and they're in league two, right? And they're easier doing it at the end of the season. People are going on now about it. City is a completely different thing. So let's not talk about them. But Phil, the what about you and all this is mad, right? I'm literally reading journalists turning around and going, oh yeah, look, that might happen, but you have to think of the human element here. Like, you know, people could lose their jobs and people could lose their jobs. But at the end of the day, Phil, if these clubs have gone over 
the profit and sustainability regulations, which is 105 million losses over three years, they have to be dealt with. So I think there's there's two things that have come out in the, the wash around this. I think the hard done by element that since exists for on the evidence side is that their the, their argument back is we've already been punished <laughs> for some of the period that's in that's in situ at this stage and it's ridiculous we're being punished again for it. Mm-hmm. And then how come I have the full statement from everything I'll read it out to you in a bit. Go yeah. And then it's like, how come we're getting punished twice in the same season is the fan's head in terms of this is, right? Mm-hmm. Given that nobody got punished for ages and everyone's got punished now. They they missed the part where the clubs themselves decided that they want to be, they all voted for us and they got the, whatever majority they needed that the majority clubs and, and, and were happy that these things would be dealt with in the season that's relevant to them. So if you're thinking about the period that they're now talking about from Everton's 22-23, right? They were all forced to provide their financials, draft financials to the Premier League for at the end of the calendar year 2023 so is that these assessments could be made to see if they're within the, the three-year rolling And this period. is all, and, and sorry, this is all because they're changing the rules come, yeah. come August, right? And I think the, the reason they're changing the rule is is because it was taking too long to get hold of such accounts and then you're three years down the line before you start yeah. dealing with people. So what they're going to do... Before the, is they're, before they're the gonna, punishment can happen. Yes, they're going to change in there where come August, I think every year you have to hand them in. And if you, they're not on, you're getting done by the end of the football mm-hmm. season. Simple mm-hmm. as that, or in season. It has to be dealt with by the end of the current season. It, and the regulations themselves are more lenient than the UEFA ones, right? So it's not like that you can't get around these once you don't go mental with your with your spending on what you've been spending on. Yeah. Like the, the, as, Everton's argument seems to be they were building a new stadium. And of course, we spent more money, yada, yada, yada. But they were spending bundles of cash on absolute tosh players. Like, look how much money they spent on Pickford. Look how much money they're spending on these random fellas who are absolutely appalling. They spent, what, about 50, 60 million in the summertime, even though they knew they were facing into these allegations. Like, in my head, I'm there going, if I'm the club and I know I'm facing into these allegations and I, I know I'm facing to what's going on, um, I'm not going out and splashing a load of cash. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling the horns in and sitting tight until I get to Christmas and then trying to figure out what we're going to, what, how we get ourselves through from there. They've managed to bounce back from a 10 point deduction because <coughs> they're looking at what's probably the worst Premier League I can think the of. The worst for bad bottom teams. six of a Premier League in a long, yeah, long time. Absolutely yeah. right. And if I was them, I'd happily take another 10 point deduction because they'd probably still get still out of it. Yeah, I think so. Right? Because 10 points and would put them at 9, which would leave them... Uh, no, sorry, would put them at 7, which would leave them about 9 points off safety with nine, 18 yeah. games to go. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like... And th- th- what have they got for it? They're about to be taken over by an absolute charlatan group as well. So if I was an Ever- if I was Everton fans, there's a part of me that want to get rele- relegated so I'm less attractive for this 7-7-7 seven, seven, seven crowd to take over because those lads are... And no ends of, 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 of badness. They, like, they're just mm. bad, they're basically asset strippers. They're looking at a chance to buy a Premier League club to use it for whatever advertisement they want, get themselves a lovely asset in the new stadium that's being built in, under the water, right? And um, then be able to, to absolutely strip and sell it off and make a massive big profit well, out the, of it. Well, well, the thing with 777 is they're about 180 million into the Everton at the moment. Um, from yeah. living, listen to, and I've said it before, listen to Dave Downey, um, um, on the Blue Room he done a great show on 777 a while ago where he got somebody in that knows all about them and he was basically mm-hmm. saying what they do is they take out a loan for 100 million with the agreement they'll pay back 110 
they lend that 100 million to Everton with the agreement they'll get back 120. And as yep. they're getting the payments back from Everton, they're giving them back to this other crowd and they're making 10 million quid over mm-hmm. five years or whatever it might be. And they're doing that <coughs> multiple times in order to make money. But there's lawsuits all over the place because of um, them not paying their bills, right? The problem with 777 is that if Everton went into administration, A, that 100 million, 80 million, you're not getting back. You'll probably get 10 cent on the pound, right? Uh, which yep. means then that 777 could theoretically take over everything at a cut price, but they won't get the money back, okay? And then their asset will be Everton, who the people that they owe money to will come looking for their asset of them. And I don't I don't agree with everything some of them want them to go down because if they go down, I think it's Dave Downey has said it, it's cataclysmic if they go down because of the amount of money they've spent on the stadium and X, Y, and Z. The problem here with everything is, is that they put forward the stadium and COVID, but the COVID losses were miles over what anyone else had lost. And the stadium cost... There was 125 million, and you could afford to lose 105 million across that three-year period. Yes, this is the original temporary deduction, so they're 19.5 million over. Yeah, but, oh, but over this period now, it looks like they're 250 million over, apparently. Simon Jordan is quoting that number, by the way. right? And Simon Jordan, in fairness, I don't agree with the, the crowd he works for, but Simon Jordan knows more people inside football than we would. right? Now, what's happening now is, is that Everton have these massive losses. I think what's happened is the Premier League have gone in and went, okay, if we allow you COVID and we allow you certain amount of COVID and certain amount of stadium costs, you are still miles over. So we're doing you for it, okay? And mm-hmm. as, like, you know, Ashley says 777 are vultures. They absolutely are. They absolutely are vultures. Um, and you know something? When you, when you look at this from an Everton point of view, right, are they unlucky that they're being done? Not in a financial sense, but in a in a in a sense of principles, yes. Because what's mm-hmm. happened here is is that this is all the big build up to Man City being done, in my opinion. And the Premier mm-hmm. League, for a couple of reasons. One, they have to show precedent before this city thing comes up. And two, the independent regulator that they don't want, they have to be able to show to independently regulate themselves. So will I read you the statements from, from Forrest and, and Everton? Because Forrest Phil feel that they will be getting a minimum sort of punishment. They seem fairly relaxed about this. They've said, Nottingham Forest acknowledges the statement from the Premier League confirming that the club has today been charged with a breach of the league's profitability and sustainability rules. I, I may have said that wrong way around earlier. Anyway, we know what we're talking about. The club's intent to continue to fully cooperate Sorry, the club intends to continue to cooperate fully with the Premier League on this matter and I'm confident of a speedy and fair resolution. Right? That was Forrest. Everton is a whole different ball game. An absolute whole different ball game. So Everton is quite the lengthy one. But anyway, here we go, Phil. Everton Football Club acknowledges the Premier League's decision to refer a breach of profit and sustainability rules, PSR, for the assessment period ending with the 2022-2023 season to an independent Premier League commission. Now, someone asked earlier, why is it independent? Is that who's dealing with Man City? Yes, the Premier League put these thing- charges forward. It has to be done by an independent body. Okay, so there's no conflict of interest there. But mm-hmm. the Premier League will be going and saying, this is what we're putting forward. This is what we want done. Can you basically, if you hear all the evidence, if you agree with us, this is what we want done. It is an independent um, inquiry around them all, right? Um, this relates to the period which covers the season 1920, 2021 and 21-22 and 22-23. <coughs> 
It therefore includes financial periods 2019, 20, 2021 and 2122, for which the club has already received a 10-point sanction. The club is currently appealing that sanction. All right. The Premier League does not have guidelines which prevent the club being sanctioned for alleged breaches in financial periods which have already been subject to punishment, unlike other governing bodies, including the EFL. As a result, and because of the Premier League's new commitment to deal with such matters in season, which is the change in rules that are coming later, the club are in a position where it's had no option but to submit a PSR calculation which remains subjective to change pending the outcome of the appeal. The club must now defend another Premier League complaint which includes the very same financial periods for which it has already been sanctioned. Before that appeal has has even been heard, the club takes the the view that this results from a clear deficiency in the Premier League rules. Everton can assure its fans that it will continue to defend its position during the ongoing appeal and, should it be required to do so, at any forger commission, and that the impact on supporters will be reflected as part of that process. Right? So basically they're saying you're impacting our supporters by doing this. Do they have a point by saying, look, we've been sanctioned for a certain period and now we've been sanctioned again? Because I think they've been sanctioned over a period and now they're being sanctioned over the next period. This is like, I get the sense that they feel victimized in it, but they're two rolling periods and they're two separate yeah. instances of what this is yeah. <clears throat> it's tough but it is what it is do you know what I mean like they, they, they've yeah. got themselves into this position by bad financial management the same position that Forrest has got themselves into this position by b- poor financial management so I, I have no as I said look I've, I've got no um, no flag in this, in this war in terms of what it is but like they both of them deserve to be punished and punished accordingly based on the size of the breach that they've done. And if that results in relegation for both of them, so be it. Like the idea that I'll be desperate if everything went down and they went out of business, it wouldn't that's just that's just the way it is. If you're if you're so bad, everything- managed badly, <clears throat> businesses come and go. That's the way it is. Is everything's point here, and it might be a flawed one, is that for the period nineteen twenty twenty one, we've been sanctioned. And you're now doing us for twenty, twenty one, twenty two, we shouldn't be. Because mm-hmm. nineteen Sorry, if you do 19, 20, 21, and you do 20, 21, 22, 20 and 21 is already in there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's their point. But the but point, I think, the, I think the point the, is, I think the three and, years and, and is, is 19, 20, 21, and then you've got what you have, the overlapping part is 21, 22, 23, right? So when yeah. you look at, they've been done for 20, 21. Right? 19, 20, 21, yeah. Yeah, no, but I'm saying that the, where the breaches happen is 2020, 2020 and 2021, right? Yeah. They're arguing that they, sh- that the 2021 one shouldn't be brought into the next rolling period, which is 21, 22, 23. But yeah. they're not getting that 21, 22, 23 is a separate period. Yeah. And the, you always have the, the one year overlap exists. So 21, what you did in 21 in the period that you were adjudicated on 19, 20, 21, that 21 is carried into 21, 22, 23. Now that's, Impact of 21 should be the basis that you start on for 21, 22, 23. Instead, they went, this is great fun, and kept spending, 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 and made a worse situation. So really, everyone's argument is, is that if they do 19, if they if they are losing money all over the place between 2019 and 2023, if mm-hmm. the first investigation looks at the fourth series, which is 19, 20, 21, and you get sanctioned for it. The following two years where you continue to fucking just lose money all over the place is just null and void because... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're having fun. 
you've sanctioned us for three of the five years, so the, the last two yeah. don't knock out. It's a bit like going to prison for five, but, you know, you've been um, <coughs> the last two suspended sort of thing. Yeah. 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 It's okay. absolutely shocking. Absolutely Anthony shocking. Anthony says, they got punished on Bob Mill at City. Well, the funny thing is, when they got when they when they got punished, they didn't bad mouth City. They just wanted to know what was going on with City, which is a fair question if you're being sanctioned to play the Premier League as to what's going on with others. But I think it's fairly clear that the Man City one is monstrous compared to what is. Well, and it's a completely different thing because what is happening with everything is, is that what the money they got in was all fine, and they just overspent it because of Usmanov more than likely, right? The team with City is not that at all. The team with City is that they falsified the money they were getting in. They were making mm-hmm. up the money they were getting in and then spending it, right? So it's a completely different... It's like being done then, for, for fucking but, murder and, but, and walking across the road. It's, Gav, the, the city thing is the breaches of this were um, financial mismanagement because they have fraudulently produced figures that allowed them to stay within the values, right? So if we... Let's just simplify this to what we're talking about here. And now it's different time periods, different rules that, that exist. But essentially, they're saying what City did was they, they produced um, financial documents which said they made two hundred million and they spent only one hundred and fifty million. So what they were doing was they're falsifying the figures and they are com- completely inflating um, adverti- uh, sponsorships, advertisements, hiding wages and offshores, um, which kept them inside they, the seventy percent or whatever. <clears> which kept them inside, and this they kept them inside the regulations and the mm-hmm. guidelines that were in situ at this stage. It's completely different setup to what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is a is structure that was set up by the Premier League. As a result, I think, of the UEFA piece to ensure that they would be able to manage any of these breaches of financial fair play. Now, when I look at what we're talking about here, City isn't, City, by the way, isn't, isn't my biggest question, right? And this is bad. To me, it's Chelsea. Well, well, Chelsea, we we get, we get to them in a second because I think the change in the rules here is not down to sorting everything and forest out before this end of the season. I don't think it is. I think the whole change in rules here is putting themselves on all the ducks in the line for when they go after City. Because what that means is, is then, you if, if for argument's sake, City won't get away with it. There's just no way they can get away with it, right? But mm-hmm. it means then that no matter what happens from this August, we, you will never have a problem again where you will be going in 2024, going, give us a look at the books from 2021 there, will you? Not going to happen. What's going to happen now is, is that you're going to put your books up every year and they're going to go through them like a fucking like lunatics yeah. to find, A, have you spent too much, right? Or B, have you falsified the money that's coming in? And mm-hmm. it's all because of the independent regular. I, I'm convinced of it. Um, sorry, just to finish off what, uh, uh, who was it? Anthony was saying. Uh, they want, and they wanted them, they, want, they wanted City dealt with. They weren't, they were just shouting. But at the same time, they were going, oh, well, they're just doing this to stop us becoming the next City, which was like, wow, you know what I mean? You're actually... Trying, are you trying to become the next city that you're giving out about, which was a bit mad, right? Um, but look, this is gonna, this is gonna rock on, Phil. Uh, Gucci Dup says, Forrest's argument regarding Johnson's sale is absolutely ridiculous. <coughs> I haven't seen that. So, no, so their knows, argument, their, yeah, their argument is that they are, their plan was always to sell some bloke. I've never heard of him in life and I heard it was sold to Spurs for 47.5 million when I was reading this, right? Brandon so Johnson. their argument was, yeah, but that he was worth more by holding on to him and selling him on the 4th of September. That's why they didn't meet the June 30th deadline. So they should be allowed to include his sale in it because they, they always intended to sell him back in June. It was just that he didn't do it until September. So they want to invent a new financial set of uh, of, right. of finances where you can just say, well, I was always going to do that. 
uh, but I just didn't get around to it because it didn't make sense. But I'll do it in September. But I want to add it back in, and you can include and be and and say that that's grand for me. Yeah. And they're like tough. Uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Top series says City only get nothing. Premier will do a runner like your wife has spent all the time taking backhanders under the table. Not really possible, Top series, to be honest with you, because uh, <coughs> the whole UEFA thing was really shut down because uh, statute of limitations really on it and where they got the information from, which was their Spiegel. And City argued around them and ended up in the court of arbitration of sport and got away with it because of that. This is different. The Premier League is not governed by anybody but themselves. And the Premier yep. League have brought them in, they can't turn around and go, oh, listen, we're dropping all charges because they're doing it off the back of very detailed information that they have. They haven't made that up in the office on a Friday and lashed that out, lads, and we get back to it on a Monday. They've gone through everything with regards to Man City. They found what it is. And remember, City are the ones at the start that said, we have nothing to hide. Let's have this out in the open right now. And it never came out in the open. And I always said about City, Pep's demeanour and the way he has spoken in all this is a big tell because he always said, if I was told this, if I was told that, if I found out this, I'll be gone, blum, 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 blum. And now he's changed to, well, if we get put down to League 2, I'm not leaving anyway. Why would you be getting put down to League 2, Pep? You've done nothing wrong. So, you know, the, the City one is an ongoing thing. It's a completely different issue to what's here. It's all about money and it's all about, you know, gaining an unfair advantage. But City's one is, is light years away from what is going on here with Everton and Forrest. But Phil, I think you're right. I think if I think if Forrest and Everton turned around tomorrow and went, we're taking the 10 points, give us them now. We put this on to bed now and we just fucking go for it. We chase Luton down. We've nine points behind them. Because don't mm-hmm. worry about Sheffield United and Burnley. It's all down to Luton and possibly Brentford at the moment. We're, yep. we're willing to back ourselves over 18 games to get nine more points. Half Luton. a season. Yeah, I think so. I, I absolutely, I genuinely think. But, Phil, they were done for one in 2000. And th- for that season, they get done for 10 points. Mm-hmm. If you break the regulations again, it has to be more than 10 points. I don't know. So this is where... <laughs> or is it just a set thing? You keep breaking every year and we just keep giving you 10 points. See, again, it could be a case that it's a bit like, well... We've already deducted them to 10 points. We've only taken over five points off them or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, that looks like it's fair. And don't forget, there is no independent regulator. So it's basically the Premier Premier League, you know, it's gone to an independent commission. But they'll set what the, the, the Premier League will set what the punishment comes out at the end of it if they're found guilty. So there may be some level of, well, there is a bit of double jeopardy in this, so we won't be doing it. Um, we'll only take five points off. You know, you know something just... Uh, yeah, but but you see the thing is, is, Phil. But you see the thing is, it's hard to know. But people forget this, right? This isn't a case of ah, look, you don't <laughs> like. It's not like you know, right? it's not like you ground a child for a week for mm. for smoking, right? And then the following week, that's a bad bad fucking way to put up. The child's forty, right? Um, it's, right? It's not it's not nineteen eighty five, like you know what I mean, right? But you ground them for a week for smoking, right? And the following week he does it again. You go ah, listen, I'll just ground you for three days now because you've done it again, like. Yeah. And also remember, in all this, right, the stakeholders <laughs> in this, i.e. all the other clubs, right, this, and they've all voted for this cha- real change, and they'll all get around tables and agree with this and agree with that, but the majority of the stakeholders there are going to turn and go, well, listen, if that ever happened to us, we'd get done. You know, this is out the window. They get, you gave them 10 points for that period. They've done it again. The minimum should be 10. Like, I could genuinely see a situation where Everton walk away with 15 points deducted here. Genuinely. Uh, like, 
Gav, I think it's all on the table, and it's, I think like if Forest get into that same situation, they're banjacks, they're going down as well. So you can forget it. they're not going to be able to stay up, right? Um, but they, Forest gamble on getting enough good players and spend enough money, so that even if they didn't get a points deduction, to be all right. But I come back to it, and I, I do want to talk about it because the, the one for me remains Chelsea. Chelsea, like yeah. they've 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 said they've owned up to the um, the the Premier League before the season started, saying yeah. that we've we've checked the books here and Abramovich they were doing funny stuff and we breached financial guidelines over the last X amount of years under Abramovich um, and we're letting you know so and nothing's happened so you can talk about all the Manchester City one you want right yeah. where where Chelsea have already said we've broken the rules here but that was the previous regime like a fine there you can't for consistency's sake. There has to be a points deduction there. Oh, as well, you've said a president now of of if you if you of ten point. It, it, yeah, because if Chelsea turn around tomorrow and go, listen, uh, you're investigating everything over 20, 21, 21, 22, 22, 23, and we've found mm-hmm. that in that period we've actually done the same as everything. It's just ten points. Yeah, you can go to an independent panel if you want, but you've admitted it, so there's no point in really going. It's ten points. Simple as that, and that's the president that's being set. And I agree with you. I think the Chelsea stuff is very, very quiet. I think the Everton stuff was more was more out there because they admitted to the charge. I think Forrest mm-hmm. is out there now and will be quite open because they look like they're admitting to it as well, although they're making that Brennan Johnson argument by the sounds of it. But with the thing with Chelsea is, is that, you know, you have to remember, if they're admitting to those charges, right, over the time Abramovich was there and Todd Bowley <laughs> and his mates are now going, oh, by the way, this is happening. They have another massive issue where they've spent an absolute fucking fortune over the last year, haven't recouped it, and they're going to be looked at now because if everyone had to give in their stuff by last June, right, or whatever it was, for so they can get everything in order for this August coming, Chelsea's numbers are going to be in there, and they simply don't add up. So mm-hmm. maybe... I think, yeah, I think you're right to kind of point the spotlight on Chelsea as well and go, hold on a minute. As much as I, I disregard the argument from Everton and probably Forest fans where they say, what about City? I don't disregard their argument to go, can we talk about Chelsea? Do you know yeah, what I mean? I don't disregard their argument because it feels like it could be the exact same thing. Do you know the sort yeah, of way? Especially, especially when Chelsea have admitted that it's being breached, right? So this isn't a case that like City are denying that they've done anything complicit, they've done anything wrong, and that there's no there's no validity in any of the charges. So there's a whole case to be heard there, right? Whereas with Chelsea, they're saying we believe that we breached <laughs> the regulations. So it's not even saying that we're, we're grassing ourselves up and we think we've broken it, and we think that uh, you know you need to know this just so you know, and we accept whatever punishment is coming our way. Like that's. How long does that take? That's an open yeah. goal. That's yeah. that's like that's you know the yeah. only one that missed that is Nunes. Yeah, but I but I think the thing is right. I think the thing or Rasmus Highland um, in an FA yeah, Cup yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the thing is, like like you say, it's a bit of an open goal. But I'm wondering, like, and I'm not making excuses here for Chelsea. I'm thinking, are the Premier League looking at this going? Hold on, we could deal with this. Right, but there's fucking huge <laughs> problems over here, boys, as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, all this financial stuff, while you've been at the club, is a massive problem. And this is on top oh. of it. Where they look and they just go, to, they put it to Chelsea and go, listen, you're getting whatever. A fine means fuck all. They'll find that yeah, money yeah. from somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got it from, you know, Tree or whoever sponsors them now. And there we we got the money. But it's, it's, um, 
it's it's mad. Uh, Stephen Murphy says, Gav, all the clothes had had to have their accounts in the into the league before Christmas so the league could look at them. Well, then the, something has to be happening with Chelsea. Simply has to be. Because Chelsea's finances do not add up. They, there's no. no way they add up. Especially if, you, if you've if you admitted it, like you've said. And if you look just at the bare numbers of what they've brought in and what they've sold, it, it just doesn't happen. But look, um, we've done a half an hour on Everton on Forest. I think they both end up getting points deductions. I think they both end up getting another. I think Forest get ten, and I think I think Everton could actually get more, um, because it's the second. Because they're really bold. They're really well, bold. Well, they're the boldest boys at the moment. Um, they'll probably be not the boldest boys, CER, but that's a, they're they've got they like they've been moved to another classroom on their own. They're that bold. Um, so I, I don't know. Really there. The, I think the, the fear is that everyone thinks that city is is the teacher's grass, right? So and they're getting away with whatever they want. Yeah. Well, look, it's gonna. That only came out today. I was, I was trying to get hold of Dave Downey, but Dave just mentioned me back today, going, "Lads, I'm all over the bleeding place trying to sort different things out for his show with regards to this." And I'm sure if you go and check out the Blue Room uh, update their feed, possibly tomorrow morning, you will have a show from Dave. And in fairness to them boys, they um, <coughs> they they speak abs- You know, they're absolutely honest about it. Like Dave Downey is one of the most honest football fans you'll come across. Never mind Evertonians. Uh, Reese says the Everton C case are different. Charging someone who isn't caught on CCTV stealing from a till isn't as complex as trying to charge someone who did the Brinks Matt robbery and proving it. Uh, yeah, that's that's basically what it is. Um, but look, as I said, this stuff we know a timeline on City. The Chelsea one is very interesting, and I'm sure. Everton and Forest may go up against this, but if the numbers are there in black and white, yeah, you're not really being done for the same period. You're just doing being done for part of the same period. But you, but they all know this. They, mm-hmm. This hasn't been made up. Forget the fact of changing rules. They know what it is. Three years rolling. When you get to, into the next year, the, the one at the back falls off and you keep going. That's how it works. Um, Phil, I want to talk about uh, and to lighten the mood a little bit, I want to talk about stuff that should be. Can we outlawed. just before we go into? I just want to answer some queries that were coming in. Was the heat and broken the way gaff? Yeah, yeah. The seeing some comments mentioning the heat must be broken in my ha- house. It's terrible. Yeah. It's not heat. It's grand. I'm yeah. just sitting beside the air double doors, and there's a yeah. bit of a draft coming in, and I want to keep my head warm because I'm not feeling well. So, yeah. it's, um, so leave me alone. Stop picking on me. It's bullying. <laughs> Well, what an outburst. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's not. Do you know what it actually is? It's actually getting that cold here. And I know people like uh, Matt, who does these podcasts, lives in Canada, and he's like, Irish cold. Don't mind, the, <laughs> don't mind the Canadians. They're always going on about how cold oh, it is. It is cold there, Phil. It's not. It's not. It's is pretend Irish cold, cold different? Irish cold, Irish cold and the English cold is the coldest cold in the world, right? Is because that because, would you reckon the Canadian-American cold is like a dry cold, where ours is a that's exactly what it is. misty, that's fucking exactly horrible cold? You don't you don't even die in that really cold, right? So in our cold, you die in it, right? That's just the way it is. Because there's fine rain and all thrown in there and everything. There's, 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 there's everything, right? Yeah. Whereas, the, whereas the Canadian cold and the American cold, even though it's minus 30, if, if fellas can go out and shovel stadiums, in minus 30 with no t- t-shirts on them and stuff like that, right? Then it's not really minus 30. It's but just not, pretend. But they're not really doing that. They're not going out with they no are. tops on in, they are. in Buffalo. And I, was sending, I was sending you the video. It's minus one, says James, in Liverpool. It's to get to minus five or six tonight in, in Dublin. In, oh, the Hall of Ireland is under a... The Hall of Ireland is under a weather warning till 11 o'clock yeah. tomorrow morning. 
Well, as um, Paddy Lawson said to me when he was when I was sending the videos of what was going on in in, in Buffalo, trying to, to sort out the uh, the the stadium and stuff like that. He goes, what does that mean, like for me as an Irish fellow? I said, well, if that was in Ireland, there'd be a red weather warning in effect. People wouldn't be able to move lose the houses, and there'd be other fellas bulldozing littles just because the police can't get anywhere in the snow. So that's correct. exactly what would be going on in Ireland. Right? Basically, so what happens is in Ireland, and and Wango says minus four right now, poorly <laughs> U- in poorly UK southeast. I'm wrapped up like Philly says. Andrew Den says. Minus 20 for fuck's sake. I don't know where there's minus 20. That's, considering that's the weather says minus one. Paul real says, cold. considering the weather says minus one, and then it also said it actually feels like minus six because, yeah, and someone did say it there, Red Steve, it's the wind, the breeze we get where it's a, it's a, it's not even cold in Canada. You're right, Phil. It's just, just not windy. It's not windy. It's just, it's, it's like a dry cold, right? You yeah. see there now, um, Bertie saying Kansas City looked bleeding freezing. Yeah, there was ice. I saw ice in my back garden. That was absolutely uncalled for, right? And it's like it's it's terrifying when you see ice. You just don't know how to handle it. And like when you have to turn the car on just to get the windows cleaned and everything like that. And but because there's no snow, if there's snow, we wake up and we go, Jesus, it's freezing outside. I'll yeah. prepare myself. You go out to the car and it's, everything's frozen. You can't get the door open because yeah. it's frozen. Right? That's well, real cold. In, in Ireland, real cold. In Ireland, um. And Emma says there, if it gets that cold, you wouldn't be a slice pan to be had. In Ireland, that's how we judge it. How, how, like, how badly do we need to go to shops and get bread and toilet roll and milk, right? So, when it gets really cold, Irish people look in their fridge and go, ah, I have four liters of milk, I'll be grand. And then they look at the press and go, I have two slice pans, I'll be grand, right? Mm-hmm. And then it gets a bit colder and they go, Fuck, I've only two slice pans. And they start thinking about going to shops. And then it gets a little bit colder and then they're like, gone. All in, down the shops. They're walking home in the freezing cold with fucking eight slice pans, 14 litres of milk, um, whatever they can find. Just buying stuff for the sake of buying stuff. I'll tell you how bad it is. Do you remember um, there was a weather warning a couple of weeks back? I think it was wind and rain. There's a weather yeah. warning every day at this stage. Yeah, every There's day. There was, one, there, was one, there was a proper one there a couple of weeks ago, right? And I, no, I was happened, in Well, you, you missed it. Was, it, was, it was I, was in twi- I was in 23 degree heat swimming on the beach. It was yeah. great. Yeah. So, but listen, I happened to be in Duns, right? In Duns. Wasn't buying bread. Wasn't buying milk. I think I was buying something to, for the dinner, right? And when I walked in, I went, what <laughs> the fuck is going on here? This was like, um, this was... On a Wednesday at like 12 After o'clock. Christmas. 12 o'clock, right? And like, I picked the envelope at 12. We drive around to Dunn's. Come on, we're going to grab a few bits for the dinner. And it's usually me buying stuff for the dinner before I actually go and do my big shop the following day. I've, I've an awful habit of doing that. When I say there was fucking mayhem, right? <laughs> and I went up. I just bought four or five things. I went straight up to the customer service. You know where you're allowed 10 items or less? Yeah, and I yeah. said to everyone, what is going on? She said, that was the weather one. And I went... Yeah, it's going to be a little bit windy and it's going to rain. You'll be fine. And she went, yeah, but you don't understand. You don't understand. It does a weather warning. And when you look down where we are standing, you look right along, you know, the all the edge of the tilts, <laughs> like the front of the tilts where people queue. And all you could see was toilet rolls, milk, bread, and massive five litre bottles of water and loads of tinned goods. Yes. And it brought me to the conclusion that if you want to make money in this country, you go and knock on people's doors and you go, I can dig a big hole in your garden and then I can build a wall inside that hole. I can put a roof on it and it can become a bunker for whenever a weather warning comes out and you would make a fortune. 
I don't know how we've got well, to this. Can, 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 can I just say on, on the weather warning things? This is this is the truth, right? It creates the panic. I, like a few years ago, I'll tell you how. But so before they had weather warnings back in the day when there was no internet and there was like people were people and we all went around and the closest thing we had to a smartphone was a phone that had a camera that gave you an image that looked like Pac Man going around the screen, right? Yeah. <clears throat> there was a flood in there was a flood in Dublin, and um. And this is because it rained so much. Now we're talking about a proper storm, and it wasn't windy; it was just raining. No, no, absolutely not nonstop. And the Liffey burst its banks, right? Yeah. And that night, the the buses kept running, kept running, right? Now they couldn't get down past the Liffey, so it was on one side of the city, on the other side of the city. They're doing half runs as opposed to full runs. I walked home that night. There's no, yeah. there wasn't. You're told to stay inside. My favorite one, my favorite one, and I promise we go on to our <coughs> topics now. But my favorite one was Storm Ophelia, right? Do you remember Storm Ophelia where uh, there was a, such a weather warning everyone had to take the day off work? Do you remember it? Where, where the breeze went past over 20 minutes. And Kevin looking those mad because I play this down every single time. Just a couple of people died in that storm. And I was like, I oh, know, Kevin, it's terrible and all. But a breeze passed through for 20 minutes. And in Dublin, right? So what happened at the time, I was driving a Transit van at the time, right? The company I worked for, the van I had was a Transit, high roof Transit, right? And... The, the thing with vans is in high winds, they fucking wobble around a bit unless you're a bit of weight in them. So the day before Storm Ophelia, I put two pallets of electrical cable into the van, right? <laughs> and I just, just to weigh it down, right? Which was sound, right? That day I drove around, the van was a bit all over the place. And I was like, geez, this could be bad tomorrow, right? And at one o'clock the day before, we were like, listen, go home. It's getting too bad. Just get home. Don't be worrying about it. Get home, be safe, blah, blah, blah. There's no work for the whole country tomorrow, right? I genuinely woke up the next day and said to me, Mrs., I could play golf in this. Like, I could <laughs> genuinely go out and play golf. Yeah, yeah. I've played in yeah. worse than this. And she was like, no, but there's a big storm. I was like, there's no storm coming. Like, literally what we seen yesterday was it. So that's how no. well it's got. Morris Pratt and the Dunn family controlling the weather warning, says Emma Cavanagh. Big show, big show. Storm Ophelia <laughs> is the best. Got off walk and then nothing came but a normal day, says O'Shane. Yeah, it was. It was unbelievable. Anyway, can I go on to my topic? Let's go on to your topic. Right. Things that should be outlawed in football stadiums. In the stadiums? Just During in games. Stadiums. Just in the stadiums. Fans. Yeah, yeah. Ah, well, you can do a bit outside the stadiums. But do you know what does me head in? Right, a couple of things, right? And, and I'm basically doing this so the chat will join in. But do you know when someone gets a ball and they haven't scored in a, in a while? Mm. And they get a 40 yards and goal and the whole crowd sounds, shoo! <laughs> the, the, game should be sound, stopped. the game should be stopped. And this most is- people should be asked to live. Right? That's the first <laughs> one. And the second one is, there's no reason to have towels around the edge of the pitch. So some fella that has a long throw can dry the football before he throws it in. This sh- yeah. shouldn't happen. That's an unfair advantage, that is. And the third one is, yeah. when a goalkeeper goes to kick a ball and people behind the goal goes, oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah, show yeah. something yeah, random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? I'm 100%. That has never I'm a- put off a goalkeeper. I'm Ever. 100% passionate about this one, right? Because I think right. it's the most, I think that, I think all seats should be fitted with an electrical current, right? And okay. If, and which has a, a microphone in it. And if you do it, you're electrocuted. Now you don't, not electrocuted enough to die, but enough to stun you for about 20 minutes, right? So what about, what about a microphone fitted into the chair and the charge is activated when the fella puts the ball down for the goal kick? And what happens then is, is that if you're heard making noise, That's too fine. much noise, which will con- constitute, oh, boom, yeah. little shock. 
No, not a little shock. I want something to knock you out for <laughs> you 20 minutes. Be, you can't be electrocuting people in the chairs. Just a little bit. It's the only way. way. No, it's, it's the, the only, only way. way. It's the only way. Imagine the whole, imagine the whole main stand. <laughs> they all joined in as they would. And all of a sudden, just, they're all just like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bertie uh, says, signs asking for a jersey does my tits in. I, I, I don't know. Like, that's kids going to games. and they, they, like yeah, Kids, yeah. like we say, follow follow players more than <laughs> they follow clubs now at this stage. But should we put an age limit on that? If you're over 14, 15, and you walk around with a sign going, I love you, can I have your jersey? What happens? Like, What do we do to those people? Do we just eject them from the ground? We can't electrocute them because we're electrocuting um, them. Little kids getting electrical shocks would be generally frowned upon, says Ashley. Um, yeah, it would be. Not back in my day. Not by Mac and my day. You, you t- your teacher would bring you out. You'd be off on the school tour and they'd bring you up to an electrical fence and they'd stand there, hold the electrical fence and get everyone to hold hands and the person at the end of the line would get the electrical shock. So it was perfectly fine when I was growing up. So therefore, that's what I was, that was what I was built around. And what I learned, yeah. what, you know what I learned from that? Don't hold somebody who's holding an electrical fence. <laughs> you're yeah. going to end up getting shot. <laughs> Emmett says, I hate the poxy little shuffle stutter run the players do before they take a free kick or a corner. So this little kind of stutter that they do. What, what do you make of that? Well, no, I, I, here's the one for me, right? You know that Sue celebration, right? Oh, yeah, the, the thing. I'd fit like... Um, the Ronaldo. Eight, thing. Yeah, I'd fit about 800 trapdoors on the pitch, right? And if a player scored Ooh, a goal nice. and did a did a Sioux celebration, they automatically go through a trapdoor and are locked in a sin bin for 25 minutes. Oh, Jesus. Right? Right. Okay. So, so bad celebrations uh, get you a 25-minute sin bin. Yeah. Now, uh, right. secondly, my second one is people who take their jerseys off of football matches. Right? So, you know... In the stand. Fans. Yeah, right. So, Newcastle's allocation be cut in half. Yeah, so but no, they're getting they're getting cattle prod levels of electrocutions, right? So we're back to electrocution again. <laughs> no, I don't think we can. You can't use the execution for everyone. Hmm. Um What about what about right? If they take their tops off, their tops are taken like away from them by stewards. And then you know that you could have pipes above their heads with little holes in them and just a light spray of really fucking cold water just constantly on them for ninety minutes. Well, it just offends me. This no top on in the stadium. Like I just, it's, I don't get the point of it. Hawkins says fans with drums should be banned. We will come back to that in a second. But seriously, we want we have to deal with this topless man syndrome because generally the, the topless man syndrome is not somebody now that you'd want to see on a modelling catalogue either, right? Right. Um, yeah, correct. It's it's like why are you doing this? You're, 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 not even the no one sense. that they're, they're not even the one um, that uh, Freddie Flintoff used to advertise. What's the clothes for the big fellas? What are they called? Jack off or Swargo. something. Jack off. Yeah, it is something like that. What's it called? Jackamo. 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 <laughs> Jack off. <laughs> uh, Red Steve okay, says trap so, door, sin bin, and electrocuted. Perfect. <laughs> what do you make of what did you make of them? And you probably haven't okay, seen Okay, I can't yet. if I can't if I can't electrocute them, uh, ejection. But not ejection by the stewards, an ejector seat over the stadium. Right. 
There's a lot of money going into the stadium here on seats, microphones, <laughs> electrical <laughs> charges. Uh, Emmett, Emmett, mentions, Emmett mentions Jason Tindall, the course the, the Newcastle assistant manager, who after they beat the mighty Sunderland 3-0 in the FA Cup, uh, gathered all the team together, all the staff to get a photo taken in front of their fans on the pitch after the game. Um, the, the likes of him should be fucking done away with. Jason Tindall. Yeah, like he should have stuck to rugby. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just I don't think that's uh, the same Tindall. Nah, who cares? We're just, yeah, we're just the same damn Tindles. They're all the same, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they all it's look the same, a, damn Tindles. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a common name. So there must be only 11 of them or so in England, right? There's, yeah. it's, it's not even that big of a country. So yeah, I'd say they're all related. But yeah, yeah. like let's be honest about it. I, I think this is it's, it's uh, Newcastle. Newcastle Stadium should be shut down, just closed down. Right? It's, There's it's a lot of lot going on, isn't there? They've no tops on. They've Jason Tindall. Uh, John Halton says, Phil, electric shock's bad enough, but now Gav wants to add water. I didn't think about that, actually. Because <laughs> um, if someone happens to take their top off and then shout, whoa, nearly guaranteed death. <laughs> and that might be going a little bit far. Just hold the fella's hand. Yeah. <laughs> hold the fella's hand while you're getting electrocuted and he's no top on, he's getting covered in water. Paul it's Giovanni like... says, these all sound like something Neville will come up with from Manchester United land, which is still by far the highlight of my season <laughs> is the, the fact that Gary Neville wants to open a Manchester United land. Um, what else do I want? Um, <clears throat> do you know what I want okay, to do? Okay, tell you, tell you what I want. Do you know what, do you know what I want to do, right? Mm. Genuinely, do you know what, what, what I want to do, right? You know this, um, the, I think what should be banned from stadiums, Manchester United protesting anything, right? Right. Because it's the most selfish, childish load of spatulas I've ever seen in my life, right? If we don't win enough matches, we put on green and gold scarves and give out about the, the, the your men, right? And if we sign loads of players and we and they're scoring goals, then we give them all uh, love and stuff like that. We won't care. We'll take the green and gold scarves off. So they should be banned from protesting and anything. And actually, they should have been given a points deduction for the year. They got a match called off instead of being praised for having a, a march on the pitch. Do you remember that? That was outrageous. Yes. I'm, I'm still, all, I'm outrageous all, this day. All, all, all which was um, infiltra- done by Gary Neville. Do you remember he was high-fiving them all coming down the stand? Uh, Gary Michael Neville Murphy- should be banned. From, Bar- Gary Neville should be banned from stadiums. All right? stadiums. He shouldn't be allowed in any all stadiums. stadiums. He, shouldn't have any, he shouldn't be allowed to have any social media, any 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 access to the internet or the TV as well. Uh, Michael Murphy says, this is a good one. He says, players with hands over their mouths when talking to each other, that does my head and no one gives a rat's what you're, you're, say, you're saying. If you, I agree with him. If they put their hands up like this and they're talking behind that thing, it should be, the camera should go in on them, right? The lights go down in the stadium, big spotlight onto them, right? Yeah, they have to tell us what you're saying. You're clearly a sleeve in, three match ban. <laughs> no. You're clearly talking about Ele- someone, three match ban. Electrocution. <laughs> No, don't electrocute them. We've, we've no electricity left. We've no electricity left. camera just goes... Sean says, tiny seats, his arse. Um, this, his arse gets angry. What the fuck's that beeping, lads? Driving me mad. What be- I didn't know. That's, that's, that's the dishwasher. You know the way I put it on every night? Just ah, yeah, mad. okay. Um, do you know what uh, I want to bring back, though? Do you know what I want what? to bring back? I was only... I was seeing it the other day, and there's... Um, What's your man's name on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. The na- his name is 
it's Brian Gunn. It's after Brian Gunn. You remember the Norwich goalkeeper? Is it? Oh, the fellow who's all the video things. Yeah, yeah, he's deadly, right? And there's another yeah. one now, a nostalgic 1980s football or something it's called, which is brilliant. But I've noticed on a couple of his videos, and it should be brought back. All all goalkeepers should be made to bring a towel and one of those little wash bags into the into the goal with them. When did that stop? I, I don't know because when I, before I finished play, I always had a towel and. Uh, the glove bag in the in the back of the goal. Yeah, but the, the, so, they don't bring that anymore. And I think that was great. You know the way, and it looked aesthetically great. You know, if someone shot and it hit the bag in the net, and the bag would go flying. I think it's I like. I think like they should get extra points if the, like they take a smoke out of it during the game or a little nagging, and they just have a little bleeding thing. You know, if they're if they're on, well on top, like if Alison Becker come out right and Liverpool are on top for most game, and you look down the, the camera pans to Alison Becker, and he stand there with a little nagging of vodka. Or a little nagging of whiskey, and he's having a smoke, and he's just like, "Well, look, this is me little rest time now, <coughs> you know." And I'm back in the bag. I love it. I remember I played football with a fella, and he used to, uh, he used to have joints in it, in a, and a little radio, and he'd be just fucking standing the goal singing to himself, and he'd be smoking joints while he was playing. He was, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. Go, go, go goalkeeper as well. Um, anyway, uh, I just wanted to bring that Rob, up because I knew people. Robert Warner says when Gary Neville enters the stadium, one of those toy machine grabbers comes along and picks him up and electric shocks him on the way out. I, I'm a hundred percent behind that. Actually, we don't even need like to build the mechanisms. You know those cameras that they have to go over the pitches now, the spider cameras. Yeah. Install them with the grabber, right? And yeah. they can remove. They'll be able to remove Gary Neville from any part of the stadium if he tries to sneak in or whatever. Just pick him up and <laughs> remove him. There he's gone. I um, uh, do you know what I'm not a, a massive fan of as well? I think they should stop with you know the electrical the the elect the advertising boards the electric ones, right? Um, that's not the right word for them, isn't it? The advertising boards. Ab- advertising boards, yeah. They're advertising yeah, boards. Electric, aren't they? They are electric. Um, there's a word for them. Can't remember. Them. Um, but the ones where all the stuff moves on them, right? Rather than the old boards that just sat around the end. I they should they should ban. Having the one company moving around that at the, at the one time does your mm-hmm. fucking head in. Whether you're in the ground or watching it on the telly, that should be done away with. So if Harvey Norman want to advertise Hardens is the word, yeah, but advertising Hardens. But Do you know? Here's, here's an interesting, not interesting fact, because whenever you say here's an interesting fact, nobody. Do you know that those advertisement Hardens on television don't show the same advertisements to one in the ground and don't show the same advertisements in different parts of the world? How does that work? They replace the advertisements based on the broadcast and where it is across the globe. How did you do that? It Well, obviously through the miracle of television. It's a device where they're able to edit, but they have different feeds. So if you're selling the football games into the Muslim markets, all the betting and alcohol advertisements disappear away from around the side really? of the world. Yeah, in, in America, oh, they'll have certain wow. brands aren't available so they have different advertisements going around the stadium I never knew that yeah yeah now there you go ah I never knew that that's that's you said not interesting that's one of the most interesting things I've ever heard there you go apart from from electrocuting uh, people taking the top (laughs) off in in football grounds and spraying them with water Um, it's it's, yeah I never knew that Uh, Ant Wango says get out there you go look it up Um, optical illusion Gav yeah maybe so but how does that work? Did he just did he just overlay them? Yeah, well, the ones in the so ground are clearly seen and are okay for certain markets, and then they just overlay ones for different markets. Then yeah, so and they've obviously got it tuned to what it looks like. It's a, it's amazing. 
It's it's genuine. It's one of the to me. It's one of the most amazing things about television. When I started to see when when yeah. I found out about this, gone. And so then if I, started I, if I turned on say Liverpool's match, right, and I'm watching it on Sky, yeah, right. But then I find that on a link on being sports, mm-hmm. there'd be different advertising. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. There you go. Oh my god, I'm so doing that the next game I'm watching. Oh my <laughs> Two god, definitely. games on. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. That is mad. Uh, that is a brilliant fact. Anyway, let's move on to your subject because we've only a couple of minutes left. Well, yours is? Mine is, is simple, right? So this comes off the back of Shawnee said last night that Ronnie O'Sullivan is the greatest sportsman of all time, right? And it got me thinking because I was saying, well, what about Phil the Power Taylor? Because Shawnee says there's never been a player, there's never been any player in his own sport as good as Ronnie O'Sullivan based on what he can do and what he is. And I was like, well, this is interesting. This, and then I said, what about Phil the Taylor? Because he absolutely dominated darts for the amount of times that he was involved. Tiger it was just Woods. The first, yeah, now, just the first one that came off my head. And if you want to go Tiger Woods, and you're talking about Jack Nicholas, because Tiger Woods never caught him, right? So Jack Nicholas absolutely dominated the golf. Yes, but Tiger Woods played in a much more competitive era of golf than Jack Nicholas did. Grant, that will lead us on to this debate in terms of what it is. But mm-hmm. so then, I st- but so there's two there's two sides to this. We can talk about what makes what makes up the greatest sports person ever, right? And can a person who played team sports ever be in that conversation, right? And so this is where you would. Where get- so someone like say Michael Jordan, yeah, compared to a Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yeah. Or a Messi compared to a Tiger Woods. Yeah. Right. Or Okay. And and there's there's loads. Like individual sports, right? Lay make it simpler for us to be able to say somebody is, is the, the greatest. greatest sports person of all time. A boxer, say yeah. Muhammad Ali, say yeah. Mike Tyson in his absolute prime. Do you know what I mean? There's nobody could could have put laid a glove on him in terms of what's there. So but to be the greatest of all time, and I'm talking about because like, we use the GOAT thing all, all the way around. How do you compare someone like Messi, someone like Maradona, someone like Pele, in that essence, when you've got these guys who literally compete for themselves and show and, 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 and do it, right? Can they hold an equal status to it? Because if you take Ronnie O'Sullivan, well, he wins his first world championship in 1995, right? Does he? Yeah, and he's, he's still winning at the moment. That's... Like for longevity, it's hard to match somebody as good as him. Now, well, does it does? Yeah, like Ronnie O'Sullivan is the best player to ever pick up a cue. There's no doubt about that. There's just no doubt he's that good. Mm-hmm. The records tell you that. The amount of titles he's won, the amount of one four sevens he's had, the amount of hundred breaks he's had. But then you also have to go into the difficulty of what people are doing. You know, like the one four seven. Is I think it's thirty seven shots, right? In so it's fifteen black, fifteen reds, fifteen blacks, mm-hmm. and then it's uh, yellow, green, brown, blue, pink, and black. So it's thirty six shots, I think, right? Um, and you go, Jesus, the position that you have to keep, you know, and then you look at darts. And people always ask me, is a nine dart or harder? Well, nine darts is, you know, what, 27 less than than mm-hmm. the, the thing. But <coughs> you have to throw this thing exactly the same nine times. Well, not well, six times and eight times and possibly a double. And then you look at the hole in one. You're much further away. 
mm-hmm. right? You're hitting it once, but then you have to bring into the fact that there's wind, there's rain, there's heat, believe it or not. Makes a massive difference to the golf ball. Then there's the, the terrain that the ball's landed on, the angles. The, the, so there's loads of arguments around it. But I think your one's an interesting one where team sport versus individual sport. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's very hard to pick the greatest sports person of all time because I would definitely have Tiger Woods in that. And I'm only speaking mm-hmm. from me as a golf fan. And someone else said there, golf is not a sport. It, can, it really, really is a sport. Um, and say Lionel Messi. If you told me to pick two of the greatest sports people of all time, I would think are Lionel Messi and Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. One is an individual, one is for a team. But I know where you're coming from. It's hard to, um, yeah, it's hard to differentiate, I suppose. Do you think you can put a player like Messi alongside the likes of a Woods or a Phil Taylor or Ronnie O'Sullivan? Do you think you can? See, when I started thinking of who's the greatest sports person of all time, it's it's like you get into so many different variables, don't you? It's like if, if you're talking about who's who's the greatest athletes of all time, right? So th- mm-hmm. this this is where this is where your brain starts to go. Like when we talk about Ronnie O'Sullivan and and fellas who are playing games that don't exactly take a massive toll on your body physically, just by yeah. the nature of like, the sport it is. Then you start thinking about fellas who have been sort of like remember those um but you know those CrossFit games where they do all match you they're weightlifting and they're going up and down ropes and they're going over this thing. And there was a fella there because um, I watched loads of documentaries on him and he was basically unbeaten for the best part of eight years. No matter what, nobody could t- put a barrage past yeah. him, right? He's, he's yeah. probably the greatest athlete of all time. But then you think of Usain Bolt. Like, nobody has dominated the 100 metres and 200 metres like Usain Bolt has. Nobody yeah. was such a global figure and representing what that sport was. And since then, I, I couldn't tell you who's even racing the 100 metres and 200 no, it's, like, no. it's like athletics is so did you need to transcend adults. sport yeah this is this what it's the transcension of the sport to where they become such a recognisable household name so for, for you to put Tiger Woods in there I would I, I would be saying he's definitely on my list of, of, of people who I would consider being up for the title of greatest of greatest sports person of all time purely because he transcended golf he took golf to Something else, right? He brought it to when we talk. I threw Jack Nicholson in there because, as a pure player, like nobody was able to hold a candle. It's like when you talk about Eddie Merckx as a cyclist, there'll, there'll never be another Eddie Merckx, there'll never be anyone that can achieve what he did. And physically, it's he probably achieved something that no, none of the modern day riders, despite everything that's going on, could do because he was on a bike that only had six gears, right? Like, this is what this fellow was won all the Tour de France's, won everything. And was still winning one day races, half a day races, 600 kilometer races, Tour de France's, Giro's, Vuelta's. Like he, if you think, if anyone is into racing at all, into, into cycling, like they know who Eddie Merckx is because he is literally the god of the sport, right? And yeah. he, but again, this, this I know from the time when I watched Stephen Roach and Sean Kelly and stuff like that and, and knew that he existed. So it, it comes down, like I keep going back to, and I'd love to do a separate show when there's, when there's an international break or something. Maybe we do a, Maybe we do a fight off between the greatest sports people of all time. Including- I'll tell you what then. I'll tell you what. The next break we have, right, won't happen. I think Keith little- would be great on this as well. Right. Well, the next, the so- next break we'll have, I'll get me, you and Keith. Yep. And we all have to bring our top 10 sports people. Yeah. Of all time. 
and yeah, give yeah. your arguments as to why you would have them number 10 down to number one. And it'd be interesting to see how many are actually part of a team sport and how many are part of an individual sport. But I think it might be the, like you said, the transcension of sport. Like Tiger mm-hmm. Woods, remember, <coughs> as a black man wins the, the Masters in 1997, I think. And like, not too far before that, Blackfellas couldn't play in it. Yeah, we're not allowed to You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And Jack Nicholas still holds the record for the 18 major titles, and I don't think he'll ever be touched unless someone absolutely phenomenal comes along. Woods, barring the injuries and stuff like that, and possibly what what he's done in his personal life um, over the last, you know, not so much last four or five, but the 10 before that, possibly would have done it. But you have to remember, Woods' body is breaking down because the competition against him was fierce. Mm-hmm. He made it yeah. look easy, but it was fierce. And people were getting better. The The clubs were getting better. The technology was getting better. The ball was flying forward. So people were catching him, right? Because they were getting bigger. They were getting stronger. They were getting, there was more technique to them. Everything about Woods was technique and timing. And he was brilliant. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, um, like Schumacher has mentioned there by Emma Kavanagh, um, AP I'm McCoy, surprised. Frankie Dottori, Woods, Tyson, Ali, all individual legends. Emma, Emma mentioned Schumacher and Hamilton, right? And if I was in a room with Emma now, I'd, I'd, I'd say, you're mad. You haven't mentioned Senna. You haven't mentioned Fangio. You haven't mentioned, like, these are, when, again, I come back to people who transcend and Schumacher transcends. And I would argue against Hamilton. I think what Hamilton has done on a social side is brilliant in terms of the sport or whatever it is. But like Michael Schumacher was a global figure. Ayrton Senna was a global figure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like people knew the name before they even knew what the sport was. They knew that this guy raced cars. Do you know that yeah. way? And and Michael Jordan, I know I keep shouting Jordan, Jordan. I completely agree on Michael Jordan. And he's going to be in my list of the top 10 because he did something that hadn't been done before. You know what I mean? He, he, did, he, he did something that, that no basketball player had achieved. He did something that lasts today. And he, his, he himself became a brand. How many, like, when I'm talking about the greatest sports person of all time, to become a brand, only nowadays can we talk about people becoming brands. But, like, I'd argue, like, when we talk about Messi, when we talk about um, Tiger Woods, they became brands. Yeah. But they became brands because Jordan led that path. But when you look, and, but you even, like, just going back to Woods, Nike are literally pulling out of golf. Yeah. Because the deal with... Tiger Woods is no longer ongoing and they feel that without Woods on their books because he was that big they're literally considering pulling out golf they pulled out the equipment race in golf after Woods used their clubs and went nah not for me good luck right and you know they they literally got rid of all their clubs they were making clubs and if you remember Rory McIlroy signed the deal with Nike to use Nike clubs <coughs> for a while and put them in the bin as quick as he could. And now because Woods has gone away from um, Nike or Nike and Renewing or whatever, Nike are just considering pulling away, away from golf altogether because he don't see the value in it. John Halton says, using Phil's point of transcending their sport, then the conversation stops after Muhammad Ali, the absolute greatest in his opinion. Well, we, let's do this show. Let's do I this show in a little while. Me, you, and you want Keith on board. So me, you, and Keith... We bring our top ten sports people of all time. Um, I think I, I think Gav, it'll be worth. We can share it amongst ourselves, so that if we have common ones, yeah, it's really just a case of where our arguments as to where they should be on the list. And then we're always going to have a couple of different ones that we want to throw in, just because of our natural interest in sports. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, 
like I'll probably I, I won't lie I'll probably have Jan Fredino thrown in there who's who's like arguably the greatest triathlete of all time and yeah what about people, um, no. Alberto Tomba I always remember watching him on Eurosport going down the skis doing the, the bits this is what I'm he saying to you. this is where I don't even know if he was good Phil I just remember his name he's the only fella I remember Eurosport no I, I'm, I'm talking downhill about, skiing now, oh no uh, Eddie the Eagle down the jumping uh, edgy edgy the Eagle <laughs> Um, Emma's gone mad. Yeah, got Senna. Yeah, well, that's that's why that's why I'm on the show, Emma, and you aren't. So yeah. just think about it. And I actually, says say. it is difficult to have not to have recency bias when coming up. With it these is. Names. It is. But I will tell you what we'll do. We'll try <laughs> not to have recency bias. We'll try put sports like you know. It'd be very easy to pick three footballers, three golfers for me. You know, mm. and then go yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll do our best. And if you don't agree, Rishi, you can tell us when we do the show. Um. Sure, your man that kicked the the goal, the the drop kick over the the bar for England to win the World Cup. Johnny Wilkinson, like he's going to be in my consideration. I'm not saying he's making the list. What about John Alomu? John Alomu. Yeah. What about Dan the Man for the All Blacks? Carter. Down, Daniel Daniel Carter. Yeah, like for like all sports. Like when you think about when Phelps. I think about Michael Phelps, uh, Ian Thorpe. Yeah. Right. The Thorpe. <laughs> Upper <laughs> <laughs> twelve. Uh, just turned up one day in Atlanta and went, oh, yeah, I'll swim. I'm what? deadly at swimming. I am whopper at swimming. Watch this. Give us a hat. Give us a I swimming hat there. Uh, I went I went <laughs> San Antonio on my holidays and swam from one side of the bay to the other in yeah. less than a minute. She had <laughs> been Kiara Sarts hanging out of her bag when she walked into that place. Yeah, and I remember the time in school I went on into the six foot end and yeah. Grabbed the dummy that had a brick attached to it and saved it and all. Yeah, that was mad. Mark Spitz, says Emma Cavanagh. Look at the, the Undertaker, says Anne. Anne, to be fair, right? Anne, to be fair, has a point. Because if we were to extend it out well, to sports Well, did the attitude era of the WWE transcend sports entertainment? It may well, have. it's not sport. It's sports entertainment. Did you see that last bit there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when I'm half but, tempted but, to throw Stone Cold into the boy list now, I'm being honest with you. The Rock. Can't look, argue look with him. At, no, can't argue. See, Dan there now. Dan is onto something because he, he knows how my brain thinks. Right? Lance Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I, 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 he's definitely close to me. Like, I've, I've, and I've long said it. I've, um, as people, the years. Joey Dunlop. In there. Yep. Look, there's loads of names. There's loads of names. So loads. We, it's like, this is what, this is what it's about. Right. Do you know what? And actually, what we what we could do, Gav, is we could we'll do, do it. A as a, we're going to do it. I'll tell you what we do. We don't have to wait till the next international break. We will pre- bring it to you as a member show at some stage in the next couple of weeks. So if you're not a member, it's one euro a week, three ninety nine a month. You get loads of shows. Um, now they have been all over the place because of Christmas and and stuff like that. But we're back into it now. Um, and you probably get 20 plus shows a month. There's loads of stuff goes on in there. You have Keith with the helm where he's talking about football ownership, um, amongst different Premier League and, uh, championship football clubs that come up. We done the title, which was six episodes of that. We do the, uh, the tribute where we bring someone on to do three Liverpool players you want to play tribute to. We do the 30 every morning, um, which is good crack. We try to get three or four of them in a week and we bring you over 20 
shows. The last uh, 30 ended up being the 60 because me and Kev had a raging row over the new recycling stuff coming into Ireland from February the 4th, which was the absolute crack and the reaction it got was absolutely mental. So if you want to become a member, the join button is there. If you're on your desktop, it's easy. If you're on your Android, it's easy. If you're on an iPhone, it's not. When you're on an iPhone, you need to go to the desktop version <laughs> on your iPhone and join from there. Um, Michael Murphy says, Kez the goalie from the film Kez. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Top 10 male and top 10 female, says John Halton. Yeah, you could do it, but I, I think... Let's I, see where we go with it. Let's yeah. see where it goes, because there, there, is, there is some women that, that should be in the conversation for this. Yeah, Annika Sorensen. The golfer was brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Um, she was. So there's, lo- there's loads of them. I'm just thinking, I'll just golf on the brain at the minute. Anyway, we're going to go. Um, we will have a 30 in the morning. That's a definite. And we will have a quiz tomorrow <laughs> night where myself, Robbie and Keith are going to take part in a Liverpool-based quiz. It has a little bit of a twist, um, but we will be with you tomorrow night. Before we leave, though, um, I just want to give a mention to um, some very, very sad uh, news that came to us um, last Thursday evening and for any of you that watch this podcast or listen to this podcast would know Davo um, that's on regular we always tell people that we need to get off by 11 o'clock because he's in work in 20 minutes as he is a postman and he works very very early um, there was very sad news came to us last Thursday evening that his brother uh, Neil um, was in hospital um, in a very serious way in a day that started off as a very standard procedure he was going to have in the hospital. And it ended up where it didn't look good for Neil um, from Friday afternoon onwards. And unfortunately, Neil passed away yesterday morning at 11.30 a.m. Now, um, most of you won't know Neil, but you'll know Davo. And Davo is an absolute gentleman. An absolute gentleman. Um, you couldn't come across a nicer fella if you, if you tried and to be honest with you, a must run in the family because the reaction um, to this and the tributes being paid to Neil from football clubs he played from, friends, uh, GAA clubs he played for, um, just lads that, that came across him and had a drink room um, would tell you that there, there was more than one gentleman in that family and Neil was definitely one of those. It's an extremely, extremely sad set of circumstances. It's a very, very sad uh, thing to happen to Shane. Um, Shane, who of course, as we know, is Davo. Um, his sister Eva is his mum and dad. Um, Neil's, Neil's um wife and kids and their extended family, their extended set of friends. Um, just really, really terrible news. It's it's hit us all hard. Um, and look, I've had so many people come on to me and say, look, Jesus, uh, can you send can you send on a word? I did. I messaged Davo today and said, look, there's loads of people asking about you. Send it on the condolences. Stay strong. And there's loads of people in the chat will do so now. But if you want to, um, and there's a couple of people in there uh, leaving some nice messages now. But if you want to take the time afterwards um, to leave in, a note in the comment, um, in the comment section, um, I'm sure Davo will find it in time and will find some comfort in it from your words um, of support and, and condolences and stuff like that. Phil, it, it just doesn't, it's just, it's just horrible, isn't it? And, you know, we're like, we always say it when these things happen. Or when something happens like this, or something serious happens, like we are, a sh- we are a load of lads that love to have a laugh and take the mick out of each other. But we're a fairly tight knit bunch when when these things happen. Um, mm-hmm. It's just all you can do is look out for for um, for Davo and and family and friends right now. Yeah, yeah. Like as I said to myself, there's, there's no words. Um, 
like it was, it was, it was a big shock to everyone. We were fortunate enough to meet Neil a couple of times. Um, yeah, I met him once. Event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was great crack. Um, you know, like him and Shane were, were were glued together at the hip. So like that's why whenever there was an event on or whatever, we were in Camden or whatever it was, he inevitably turned up as well. So, um, yeah. It's a tough time for him. Like, I, I can't offer any words of of of, of respite or anything like that because it's it's too much of a shock and it's too it's yeah. too um it's too raw. And I, as I said to Shane myself, I said, look, all, all the, he can do at the moment is mind himself, mind his family, and know that we're all there from where we're all thinking from. And it's just it's it's the it's it's all we can do. And if he needs anything, we're all as I said, we're a tight knit group, and we we always will be. So he knows where we are if he needs anything at all. Yeah, 100%. And, and he's being told up by me and many others that, <clears throat> you know, whether day or night, um, if he needs anything, we'll just drop everything and, and be mm. gone to, uh, to be with him or to do anything for him or whatever it might be. And um, we will do that when, you know, whether that's today, tomorrow, the coming days, weeks, months, whatever it might be. Um, Davo will be on back on here whenever he, whenever he's ready to come he's back ready. on here. But, yeah. um, but I think right now, if, you know, take it, you know these these things are horrible, and take a minute to, to just give just give them a little bit of time in your own head to think about them and wish them all the best in your own sort of way. And like I said, if you want to stick something in the comments, he will he will see them. Um, and we will point to them. Um, at some stage from and say, look, the support is there for you. And people that just listen or watch this show, um, if they're able to leave a comment there and and just support them, um, that would be amazing. But this show tonight is for Neil Davern. Um. Not for me, not for Phil, not for anyone else. It's for Neil Davern. Um, may you rest in peace. And um, yeah, we we'll we look after Davo. Um, we will definitely look after Davo. That has been um, the Monday night on the Talking Cup. Thanks a million to Phil. Thanks a million for everyone in the chat. We will be back tomorrow. All the best. Over and out. Podcast Network.